3: Wake up, America! Before it's too late. The Steve Dace Show.
0: And greetings, happy Tuesday! Thank you for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. His name is Totters, and his name is Aaron McIntyre. You have a name too. Maybe one day we will, we will learn it. We shall see. Because you can email the show Steve at stevedace.com. Like us on Facebook, Me We Parlor and Gab. Follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter, getter, TikTok, and Instagram. And then you can find clips of the show for free, free to watch when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show as well. Oh, and then don't forget about uh, Truth Social, where apparently a lot of you have, because I have gained like no net followers there in in about a month. So but you can find me there anyway. Truth Social at Real Steve Dace. I'm guessing the interview we will do at the bottom of the hour with Justin Hart will not please the algorithm over at Truth Social. Do you think, Todd? More than likely that whatever currently is being done to squash my Truth Social account, I don't believe that this will be the salve. I don't believe that this will be the antidote for it. Bet the house. Bet the house on that one? Yes. But what do you think the odds are I'm going to be posting it later today on Truth Social? High. Very high. Um, what would be the highest percentage? Certain. Certainty. Uh, if I'm alive, all right, if uh, the angel of death has not gotten me by the time the show is uploaded, you can bet. I might even post that interview on the Truth Social website a couple times, if you know what I'm saying, G. I do. Okay. So at the bottom of this hour, Justin Hart over at Rational Ground, he was one of the OGs in taking on and forming the dissidents against COVID stand. He has a column out in the Wall Street Journal bringing the receipts against Donald Trump and all of the mistakes of which they are legion uh, that he made during COVID during uh, the 2020 election and just during the year in general. And But he's going to take it a step further and try to make the case that it disqualifies Trump from being our champion again. Well, let him make that case coming up here at the bottom of this hour. Next hour, for Fake News or Not, our colleague Daniel Horowitz has written a piece about the jab, looking at safety data around the world and around the country. We will go through that piece and break it down for you on Fake News or Not coming up next hour of the show. And then for Pop Culture Tuesday, I, I, I misstated something earlier today. I, I posted on social media... Um, that today on Pop Culture Tuesday, we're going to be discussing why I am rooting for Iran in the World Cup and not Rainbow Stan, otherwise known as the country, formerly known as the United States. I I need to clarify something. I mean, it was early in the morning, a lot going on. Um, I was unfocused. I'm not rooting for anybody in the World Cup. I don't care. I'm an actual American. I, I don't care. I don't. So I don't. Don't care what happens sports you know that you can play for a buck 99 in a third world country you know that I don't I don't care right I'm the ugly american I don't care who wins so I I may have overplayed my level of interest I I don't care But if you made me care okay I'll explain why I'm rooting for Iran and not the country formerly known as the United States fair
4: There was a lot that was not fair in that, but (laughs) I digress. (laughs) And (laughs) And (laughs) And with
0: that, though, let us begin as we always do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
3: What happened while we were away? Brought to you by the Laptop from Hell. CBS News has decided that Hunter Biden's laptop from hell isn't Russian disinformation after all.
2: It's this. I think it's one of the biggest scandals I've ever seen, and you don't cover it. Biggest
3: you story? want to talk about? It. Well, because it can't be verified. You want I, to talk I'm about
2: insignificant you. things? I'm telling you. Of course, I, it can be verified. Excuse we, me. We they found
3: the ver- laptop, Leslie. Leslie.
0: Be Whoops, wrong clip. CBS News has obtained its data, not through a third party or political operative, but directly from the source who told us they provided it to the FBI under subpoena. And we commissioned an independent forensic review to determine its authenticity. Senior investigative correspondent Katherine Herridge joins us now with what we've found. Katherine, I'm very interested. Good morning.
2: Good morning, Tony. These House Republican investigations are coming and that could be a challenge for the White House as we head into 2023 and 2024. The laptop data we had analyzed showed no evidence it was faked or tampered with.
3: After another known wolf shot up a gay bar in Colorado over the weekend, every leftist and their mother's dog is attempting to use the tragedy to say, if you oppose genital
2: mutilation of children, you are
3: directly responsible for the shooting.
2: This is likely. And since we've heard reports that the subject isn't cooperating with police, that means they likely found clear and convincing evidence on his devices. If he's a consumer of the people we just rattled off from Lauren Boebert to Tucker Carlson, let's get it out. Let's get it out at trial. Let's expose it for what it is. Name it and shame it. He's a consumer of these people and those people should should face civil consequences from the victims.
3: And now is the time on the montage where we check in on things across the pond. Sixty-six doctors and clinical practitioners have written an open letter to the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists in the UK calling for the end of COVID vaccinations for pregnant women. The group cites dangerous safety concerns for mother and baby from the jabs. A coroner in County Mayo, Ireland, says the death of a 14-year-old boy there last year is directly attributable to the Pfizer COVID jab. Coroner Pat O'Connor is speaking up now over a year later, saying the death should be a significant public concern. A 29-year-old Yorkshire rugby player has died suddenly at the age of 29. Tweet from the British Medical Journal, COVID-19 vaccines and drugs were developed at warp speed, and now experts are concerned that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration inspected too few clinical trial sites. Meanwhile, in Canada... So this has come out recently out of the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario the college sent out a a letter or a memo to all the doctors in ontario
2: suggesting to them now so far they're not mandating it they're just suggesting it that any of their unvaccinated patients that they should consider that they have a
0: mental problem and that they should be put on psychiatric medication
3: back at home senator mike lee is trying to add an amendment to the disrespect for marriage act this bill sets in motion keeps in motion and accelerates Existing threats
0: to religious freedom and to the revocation of tax exempt status for broad categories of nonprofits based on religious beliefs. But they shouldn't be able to punish religious belief. That's all I want a protection saying the federal government may not punish any individual or entity based on a religious or moral conviction based belief about marriage. That is not too much to ask
3: three Arizona counties are suspending their certification of election results pending an Arizona Attorney General investigation into widespread voting issues in Maricopa County. Former White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki has lost her legal battle to remove herself from testifying in a court case about the White House's role in colluding with big tech companies to censor views and facts inconvenient to the regime during her time there. And finally, this tweet from the CEO of the Babylon Bee. The Bee will hit 2 million followers soon. We had 1.5 million when Twitter first locked us up. Now we have more followers. Re- and revenue than ever before not because we acquiesced but because we stubbornly refused to bend the knee for tyrants amen and that's what happened well we were away
0: Amen, indeed. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Better Spectacles. They are offering now German engineer Rodenstock eyewear. It's available for mass distribution. This uh, Here in the last couple of years, that's been brand new. That's not been true before here in the U.S. Rodenstock, by the way, 144-year-old company. Considered maybe the world's gold standard, over 500 uh, glass and frame patents. Uh, And it's what I'm wearing, by the way. Those are the glasses that I'm wearing. They look great. Uh, they feel great, and they've got uh, they've got the right frame for you now. If you have, like me, a problematic prescription, you're a little far, you're a little near, or maybe you're doing full-on bifocals. You don't have to wear the dorky, hairy carry frames anymore. All right, you can get the frames that people, just the good old-fashioned regular stigmatisms get to wear. And if you've got one of those good old-fashioned regular stigmatisms, they can hook you up with these rodent stocks as well. Uh, just go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve, schedule a teleoptical appointment. You won't even have to leave your house. Better Spectacles is not an online company with just a bunch of low quality offerings. You're going to get the same expert consultation as if you were sitting right there in the store with one of their best trained opticians in the country. 61% off is the introductory offer to get you started. Plus, Go Spec lenses with the free handcrafted rodent stock frames, those are thrown in for free. The rodent stock frames thrown in for free 61% off to get you started when you visit better slash Steve. Again, that is better slash Steve. Let's get to the overtime today. We're going to have plenty to discuss next hour on the devastation of the COVID jab. Um, I mean, I can sum up for now everything that Aaron put in that montage where the jab is concerned by saying everybody involved in every one of those stories should be put on trial for their lives. Everybody. All I want for Christmas is a tribunal with a noose. That's what I want for Christmas. But let's go to two stories. Number one. Todd is official show ombudsman. Walk me and our audience through the process. where CBS News, a full two years later, decides why? with, 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 with the hope of, uh, what they were hoping to accomplish with this? Why did they do this? Why, why now, two full years, more than two full years later, actually? Because it was an it was an October of 2020 when the New York Post unveiled the laptop from hell, right? Um, what is the point of now over two years later saying now, guys? We have breaking news. They have found Hunter Biden's laptop, and it has some very problematic, destructive, explosive. Information contained within it. Who is that for? What is the purpose of it? Is is is, is are, are we just getting trolled? Is there is there something else happening here that I don't see? Explain.
4: No, it's it's just putting the the timing, making the timing available to move on from Biden. Nothing you haven't said before, Steve, before I even started working for you uh back when i was uh, still at the des moines register and you and i used to correspond and we would just talk about the demise of the paper and how j- just every decision that they made was not a smart business decision mm-hmm. and not a smart journalistic decision in the traditional sense of the world words so the only thing left is just you are rank partisans now uh, and so i don't think this is new news that uh, how long have we been predicting i think i don't was biden even sworn in when we and others were predicting how long he would last would he last the full four years i think some version of order 66 just like the one that got him into office has been put in place in terms of we need we can't go from zero to 60 on this we need to get the conversation started. And, here, and remember, this is CBS. You know, CBS has all of the, you know, I think you even commented on this. They said, uh, we uh, we don't trust Twitter anymore. We're out. And like we have 20, security concerns. Yes. So and we're then, going
0: to be uh, uh, vacating Twitter until those concerns are alleviated. They didn't even last 24 ex- hours.
4: Exactly. So, you know, these guys are like a cat with a ball of yarn. They are being... They're not deciding this on their own. They're being manipulated. They're being manipulated on several levels. They are absolutely in full-on hail Hydra mode. It's just, man, now who's Hydra? So you
0: view this as a total crafting of a narrative?
4: I can't, I can't honestly okay. think of an alternative I, mean, I, 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 I that. Don't, I, it's I mean,
0: pro- I, I don't know what it is other than are we just being trolled? And it does seem fascinating. I'm glad you linked those two circumstances because... Is it any coincidence that they suddenly decided less than twenty-four hours later that Twitter was safe again to return, and then it, shortly thereafter they break out this story? Okay,
4: it's it's hard to remember because you've weaned yourself from it, but you you've, you've told the audience you purposefully, and I don't know how many years it's been now with the last time you were on. CNN or MSNBC or something like that. I think that. it was
0: 2017 was the last time I was on any of but those, you, I think.
4: You like to engage, you yep. like the arguments, you like it... What? It, bring I, me think, your... I think
0: they had me on Meet the Press to discuss the DACA issue with Trump, right? And Chuck Todd was actually fair to me, and let me make my point.
4: That's right, and I do remember <laughs> that. Yep,
0: CNN uh, invited me to come on to condemn Trump for slurping on, uh, you know, uh, Pyongyang, and I declined that invitation, so... I think those are the last times.
4: Yeah. My point being, and you've told the audience several times, after years of doing this, you just fully realize there there really is no there there. They have no mm-hmm. best shot. It's it's all contrived and convoluted and nonsensical. But when you do it in critical mass, and it's like Steve Dace plus the three. Whoever's plus the person hosting the show and it just ends up being noise 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 that's it so don't doubt that now it's been a while since you've done it the same thing is going on here it's noise 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 about this when when the final kill shot happens though i don't know they just know they can't go from zero to 60 unlike suddenly biden's got to go
3: I have an idea of what's actually going on here. Sure, now, by all means. Catherine Herridge has not been any stranger to breaking news that's in, inconvenient for the regime, and hats off to her. I'm not Former saying, Fox
0: News reporter, I'm right? I'm not saying that mm-hmm. she's a
3: conservative yeah. or an activist or anything on, on our side. I think she's just uh, the rare kind of, I, I don't really give two blanks, um, you know, this is... This seems newsworthy, so I'm going to report on it. She did the she, Flynn stuff, right? Is, that, yeah. is she the one mm-hmm. that
0: reported that they really did railroad him? Okay,
3: yep. thank you. Yep. Yep. So that's, that's a major example. Um, so, you know, she could have done this two, uh, yeah, two years ago, a little over two years ago. Obviously, probably would have been spiked then. I think what's really happening right here, right now, though, is that what was just announced last week, special counsel... To investigate Trump, right?
4: Mm mm-hmm.
3: hmm.
0: Oh, this is the is this fig leaf. Some sort they go out, of way they indict Hunter yeah. Biden to say we're well, yeah. not unfair. Yeah. Now, that. There you go. In fact, I think you may have connected the proper dots right well, there.
4: The question is, though, who's calling the shot, though? Again, yeah, it, this is not like CBS. Uh, the important point in, of your com- montage, Aaron.
3: In completely unrelated news, Jen Psaki just la- lost a legal battle to uh, recuse herself from testifying mm-hmm. regarding White so, House big well, tech censorship. Does that answer your question?
4: But that uh, it goes to my question: Who's Hydra? Then who is flat out yeah, moving true. these chess pieces? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm because you in your montage it's I like how you set that up but it's no it's it's that interview with Leslie Stahl and mm-hmm, Trump mm-hmm. that's not just any other network that's CBS That's the same yeah.
0: network yeah
4: so yeah so th- it's not like, uh, yeah, this has been going on over at Epic Times or something and else. No, it's been in your backyard for a long time. So now, again, there's an Order 66 being put out by somebody. The question, who is it? Is it the World Economic Forum? Is it George Soros? Who is it? But it's not these twits at CBS.
0: They're just following orders. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so essentially now... Copyright Aaron McIntyre. Our official show position is we are confirming Hunter Biden's laptop now to justify the integrity of whatever they want to accuse and indict Donald Trump for.
4: Yeah.
0: Okay. I could completely buy that. You bet. Got
4: it. He has a leg up, you know, you and I in the morning, you kind of go through Twitter, get up to speed. When he's putting this montage together, you can see like the cosmic tumblers of conspiracy (laughs) clicking into pace for McIntyre. Well, the the
0: advantage of not ever having had any faith whatsoever in any of this process, um, ever ever having been a part of it professionally, as you and I have been in another life, annoying
3: SOB to be around. Yeah, but
0: it it gives him a clear advantage in this case. He's just he's just beginning with a default uh, position of uh, what's the agenda here? And we're we're still, you know, figuring out is it bias, is it malfeasance, and the answer is um, yes. I want to I want I want to make sure we have enough time to discuss what Mike Lee is doing, though, okay? Because I'm not entirely sure that Mike understands what he's doing. All right? And i and, and 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 I and I mean this in a complimentary way. Okay. <laughs> No, I do seriously. Let me finish, okay? I, I don't, I don't. What Mike is doing by putting the by putting religious liberty protections that have r- really strong language. I mean, the the kind of language that, like, if Mitch McConnell called me, called me, called me up. Okay, and said, "Listen, we're going to do this one way or the other. But just to show you, and you're, and people like you, and our, the, the, and, and the, and, and our, our, evangelical base, and we're not out here to, you know, betray you. Okay, we're we're doing that. We are seriously doing this to bury the hatchet of this issue and move on as a country. All right, we are. We want to show that we can simultaneously." honor both of these um, instincts in a culture in a in an e pluribus unum. So we're going to codify this, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay you, Steve, right the religious Liberty amendment to the, uh, to, the uh, to the to the to the to the issue or to the legislation. There's no way I will permit enough Republicans to give it cloture without it passing and it won't get out of conference committee with House Democrats during the lame duck unless that passes along with it. Okay? Like what what Lee is asking for is pretty close to the kind of language I would like put in there. And you could be watching something with what Mike Lee is doing here that has generational implications for the Republican Party in America. that the paradigm of the Republican party has been for you to not know what the candidates you're voting for truly believe that's why the deflection is always but the democrats anybody but hillary anybody but whoever the democrat uh, noom diplom de is at this particular moment whoever the face of that party is at this moment never them anybody but obama right that everything is done to avoid honestly defining what the Republican Party is and who the Republicans you're voting for really are so and saying, what they truly believe.
4: We're going to find out if the number is far more than the number 12 that you mentioned yesterday. Or how many of them are truly just caught up in an emotional argument
0: about love is love and how many truly are willing to and desiring to knife their base. Because what Lee is doing here is not providing much wiggle room. There are no good reasons, like none. There are no good reasons. Every single Republican would not vote for this. All of them. None. This is so obvious. It is so plain. It's essentially what Mike Lee is doing is he is taking the Hobby Lobby decision. Or the Jack, the Cake Baker decision. And he is, just as they are attempting, just as the legislation takes Windsor and Obergefell and attempts to codify that into the federal code, what Mike Lee is essentially offering is we're now going to take the Masterpiece Cake Shop decision and the Hobby Lobby decisions. And we're going to codify those into federal code simultaneously. Like, you would have to come up with another reason why you are going after... Christian, Christian individuals or businesses that don't want to uh, affirm this other than religious animus. And good luck with that, because it's the only reason you would ever you would ever do it. There is not Mm -hmm. another one. You would only do it for that reason. So you could not conjure another one up. But we we look forward to you trying. Okay, Uh, this is why when they go after Jack, they don't go. They don't send more uh, gay wedding cake requesters in there they expand it okay well what about my trans cake what about my you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. okay um it's they're trying to find a new front because there is only one reason why you do this religious animus you hate their religious viewpoint and you want the government to be your coercive stormtrooper force to squash it to crush it what what he's doing here is what the what mike lee is doing here and applaud him for it is what the Republican Party hates more than anything. Clarity. Mike Lee is taking a truly conservatarian position here. He is saying, essentially, I'm giving you the chance to show us that you really just want, quote-unquote, marriage equality, And you don't want the seedy underbelly that goes along with it.
4: This is my... And I'm
0: sure you're... It's very... And I'm sure that's not what you want, right? I'm sure you don't want that. I'm sure our Senator Joni Ernst doesn't want the Christians who applauded her and voted for her in her last two elections to suddenly wind up in federal court here in the northern or southern districts of Iowa. I'm sure she doesn't want that, right? 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 What I learned early on in my career in news talk radio and my it was it was a blow to my ego okay i mean I, I thought the reason that the republican party leadership hated me was the power and potency by which i could make my own, make my arguments they don't give a rip about that the reason they hated me is that i helped get people elected and then put them on a 50,000 watt radio show and gave them the opportunity to give you clarity here's what here's what's really going on in the cloakroom here's what they really think who's here's who here's what so and so really thinks here's what your state rep and your state senator really name and names i mean letting you tearing the veil and letting you into the unholy of unholies letting you in there to see how the sausage is being made this is this is not um, we're going to uh, offer an amendment to repeal obamacare and every republican votes for it no this is we won't let a we won't let the budget or the re, or the continuing resolution of the reconciliation bill out without an amendment attached to it repealing Obamacare, which they don't want to do. They just wanted to make it a standalone bill so they could could show you something and not have to actually go forth with it. He's going to make them show their hand. Going to make them do it. You're going to see whether a former high-ranking, former Southern Baptist pastor like Roy Blunt really wants the church attacked. You're going to see it. Now, I love it. But I'm going to warn you, I don't know how many of you really want this clarity. Because it's going to be when, when Todd, when before Todd took this job, what did I tell you, Todd?
4: You told me as bad as you it, you think it is, it's going to be a lot worse. And not to take it. Are you sure?
0: Are you sure you want to know the truth? Are you sure you really do? You want to see how far down the rabbit hole goes. It's going to get a lot tougher for some of you that need to hold on to the idol that I'm, I'm just not a real American and I'm not a real Christian if I don't vote for the absolute worst people imaginable because they have an R after their name. What's about to go, prepare yourself. Are you sure? Are you sure you want this clarity? Prepare yourself to be very disappointed. Now, I got over being disappointed like 15 years ago. But for a lot of you you're about to see truly the heart of darkness here because i don't believe it will pass because they hate you and they have all along but now now you're gonna get clarity he's made it very easy and convenient for them they're without excuse as paul would say so i applaud mike lee for what he is doing it's probably not his intention To generationally expose the Republican Party. But it will be absolutely one of the results, Todd.
4: Well, I hope it's his intention because he's going to need to help give this thing legs. Because what you're talking about, Steve, is him uh, uh, using my abortion argument on this issue. Bingo. That's exactly what he did. Fine. You can have
0: your gay marriage. Show me you really, though, just want that, and you don't really want yeah, to attack no. the church. Here's your rape and incest exceptions. Ban every other abortion. Right. We've always said, would they take that deal? Never. No. Now, now we said that about the Democrats. Now we'll see if the Republicans yeah. take that deal. Right. It's going to be fascinating. you damn right it will be. And, and take notes. And I can promise you, if you don't want to know the truth of what's about to transpire here, you will need to find a new show moving forward. Because I will make damn sure every single one of you within the sound of my voice who calls Whoa. Jesus Lord knows the truth of what is about to happen here. Knows who did this to your ministry, who did this to your career, who did this to your job, who did this
4: to your family. I will make sure you know. Amen. Fear God or not. That's what we're gonna find out. Fear God or not. So let's find out. Yes. I believe there's a show that that should be about that. That that would be a good slogan. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: Justin Hart will join us here at the bottom of the hour. Got a couple of unique gift ideas for you now with the Christmas shopping season fully upon us as it has been since November 1st, regardless of what Todd and says. One of them that we'll be talking about here first on the show is our friends over at Cozy Earth. I own a pair of their sheets. They're not only super soft, um, they're extremely cooling, and I, and I, you guys may be surprised. I may run a little hot, even in the evenings, in the wintertime. Uh, it's just a it, and I don't know, you know, um, what um, viscose, highly sustainable bamboo is. Do you know what that is, Tom? No. I do not. Of course, you don't know. You know why you don't know? Because uh, you're a dude, and we're not supposed to know these things. It's just, I know how it feels, I don't know what it is. Don't want to know. Don't explain it to me. I wouldn't listen if you tried. But I do know that it feels great. It is a great night's sleep. These are tremendous sheets. Um, And every Cozy Earth bedding item comes in a very cool reusable canvas bag. You can take them with you if you want to do that. No gift wrapping required. Save 40% now on Cozy Earth bedding and their loungewear, their pajamas, their towels, so much more. Hurry, this holiday offer ends soon if you go to cozyearth.com/steve. Make sure to use my promo code steve at the checkout to get the 40% off. You will not believe how comfortable these sheets are. They're incredible. cozyearth.com/steve. Again, that is cozyearth.com/steve and use that promo code steve at checkout to save That whopping 40%. You will thank me later, especially as we get into spring and summer and those warmer evenings. That's really, for those of you that aren't as hot-blooded as me, but that's really when you're going to really love those sheets. But we love them year-round at our house. CozyEarth.com slash Steve. Well, Justin Hart was one of the OGs in pushing back on COVID Stan. And he's got a new column out in the Wall Street Journal, which I'm sure has been a fantastic boost to his mentions (laughs) <laughs> All right. Uh, essentially, the gist of it is accountability first headline COVID lockdowns disqualify Trump in 2024. That's what you have just written uh, recently, Justin, over in the Wall Street Journal. And you bring the receipts. But uh, tell us why. It, it, it's one thing. Like, I'll just tell you my own personal position. OK, my own personal position is there were two Trump presidencies. There was the Trump presidency prior to March 16th, 2020, which I think is one of the best terms of any president in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, And then there is the complete and unmitigated fuster cluck of epic proportions, cosmic disaster that occurred from March 16th on where every wrong decision, immoral decision, incompetent decision that could have been made from that time forward was made. And that's why we don't have a Trump presidency today. Okay, and and when I look at the rest of the Republican field, I don't see anybody that has a chance to be the nominee that provides me relief where that is concerned, except for one individual, and that's why right now that's my guy. I'm talking about Ron DeSantis, right? Okay, but 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 do I think Mike Pence would govern better? No, he ran the damn. committee okay do i do i do i think mike pompeo would govern better no i mean I, i don't know who else out there other than desantis i would trust to not fall for the next banana in the tailpipe that the spirit of the age conjures up and so he's kind of my plan b but you're going all the way to the card of disqualification tell us why
2: Well, look, I mean, it's not just uh, that he won't fall for it again, because I think that was the the main issue that Trump came against, which was he has two uh, great sort of assets to him. He brings in a lot of people into his circle. He trusts them intimately. They trust him and they'll, you know, basically that could be a very, very powerful force. He also has a great gut instinct. And I think I think by the time uh, the second week of the shutdowns was waning, he had a gut instinct that we should probably bring things out. And honestly, I thought that was what he was going to do. I was telling people going into that very infamous March 29th, 2020 presser in the rose garden that he was going to bring us back to normal instead they extended the two weeks for another 30 days and more after that mm-hmm. uh, and that's where he lost it now you, you have to know I, I was a huge trump supporter i i'm kind of a demographer and political uh groupie and and a professional as well and i i had predicted that he was going to win in 2016 much to the chagrin of many of my family members and many people around me and he won and uh, when he made that pronouncement, uh, there about maybe 50 minutes into the uh, the Rose Garden presser that they were extending it, I tweeted out, I said, he just lost the election. Uh, I knew it then, and I held on to that right up until election night, because I, I knew that even just demographically, if one, two, three percent of that older population decided to stay at home or not fill out the ballot or were upset or were gone altogether, you no, know, he was going to lose that election and he did now there are lots of shenanigans and in fact i was a huge supporter in trying to uncover those you might recall uh, what president trump called his most imp- uh, important talk he would ever give and this was i think late december early january and he held up a chart and it was a chart of that very infamous uh, Peddled of uh, votes and and tallies that came in in the middle of the night, Wisconsin, and that chart was my chart. I put that together, demonstrating no one had seriously, you know, explained how to uh, mm-hmm. convey that. Maybe it was uh, pres- maybe it was votes from Minneapolis. I don't know. Right? From it's just a, it's a crazy scene. I want to put that behind us. He brings a lot of baggage, but most importantly, what triggered this, Steve, when he made his announcement the other night. There was no semblance of, gosh, you know, uh, let's talk about the terrible nightmare that we've been through. Right. And how I was part of that. That is, you know, he will never own up to that mistake and he keeps doubling down on it. And that's why I think we need to have a serious conversation, because it's not just who will not fall for it. Someone needs to fix this. Right. He opened up Pandora's box Mm -hmm. that opened it up to 50 governors. 3,200 county health officials, 13,000 school districts to make all their own rules on what to do. And they're bringing those in and out as they please. We need someone like DeSantis, like someone who has the gusto to put in some federal regulations on this so that your local health director, who you didn't elect, can't shut down your barbershop.
0: What do you say to the person that replies back, Justin? Well, the states did all of this. The states were who made those decisions. The states were the ones that decided the governors were when to lock down, when not to, when to reopen, when not to, et cetera. And he just left those guidelines up to the states. Isn't that what we want a Republican president to do, to let the states decide their fate?
2: Well, the, the President Trump is now back on Twitter. I don't think he's uh, tweeted yet, but uh, if you we now have, uh, we have the history that we can go back to. We started scouring to make sure our, our memories were straight. And sure enough, you know, mid-April, several I think it was the April nineteenth and beyond, uh, he was lambasting the Governor uh, Kemp for opening up. Uh, he made the claim that it's not the governor's making the decision; it should be me. I'm making this decision. And, and really, what what happens is now we've got this hot potato issue. You can see it already. Uh, the FDA and the CDC, for example, approve a schedule of vaccination to insert COVID vaccinations uh, into our children's uh, recommended schedule of vaccines. And they claim, look, we we are not you know, mandating this at all. But it's a hot potato because you go down to the county level and you go, hey, counties, why are you closing the schools? And they say, well, it's the state. You go to the state, right? State. Why is my county closing the schools? You go back to the county. We're following the
0: the CDC CDC guidelines in Washington. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: Hot potato. You can't you can't claim the buck has to stop somewhere. Uh, And I think, uh, you know, there needs to be some recompense here uh, along with other issues. But that's my main thing is that uh, there's just no semblance of uh, of acknowledgement that he had anything to do with the the issues that laid waste to the financial issues we cause now, to the health issues we face, to the education loss. I mean, these are things we need to address seriously and make sure they never happen again.
0: What do you say to the person? And believe me, this person exists and they are plentiful. Yes. The jab is bad. It's poisoning people. It's maybe killing people. The jab mandates were bad. I understand that Trump considers the jab like, maybe his greatest accomplishment as a president that that's what makes him the Winston Churchill of COVID that he saved the world with operation warp speed, but that's my guy. Never. He was never for the mandates and uh, he was a good president. Other than that, what do you say to those people?
2: Yeah, I mean, look—the Overton window on talking of about vaccines, which has been for a decade or more, kind of the third rail of healthcare politics. You couldn't touch it without getting burned. And that is now open, and people realize when you see the uptake of the bivalent vaccine that's out there. Dr. Fauci is up there today. Uh, Dr. Jaw, who's head of the COVID task force, pushing this bivalent. Less than twenty percent of people across the country have gotten that. Why? Well, I want to suspect that their primary pediatricians, their primary doctors are saying, don't do it. But also, everyone, everyone knows someone who had a really, really bad reaction with the vaccines, or they got the vaccines, they got bivalent, and they got it again of COVID, <laughs> right? And they just realize. Uh, you know, one, two jabs is, is too many for me now. And, and so, you know, I know that uh, President Trump is very keen on pushing these through. First of all, that history has yet to be sort of unveiled. What did they do that really jammed this through? That actually might be part of the problem as well. They cut a lot of quarters. We have a, uh, a lot of uh, whistleblowers who have come forth to talk about the lack of training for people that were both doing the PCR testing and uh, the production of the vaccines. They cut a lot of corners, and I think that caused a lot of issues. Uh, look, it, it's, this is where the puck is headed we all know already on the books that this causes issues with menstrual cycles. We already have in the books that this causes with young men serious serious myocarditis uh, concerns and risks there as well. So it's all going to come out, and he's got to get on the right side of this equation if he has any chance there. Now, for the public, I understand. This is a, a really difficult decision because 90% of people got at least one shot, right? Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, it's like, well— I really don't want to admit that the stuff floating around me might cause me some harm, right? And for the vast majority of people, that's not the case. But it's also not the case that this saved the uh, two million people as Trump once claimed, right? It's not the case at all. In fact, go to your county website, go look up their records uh, on the status of vaccination for people that have died, uh, tagged with a COVID vaccine, COVID death, right? And you'll find that 70%, 70% 70% of all the deaths right now are for people that are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, and fully vaccinated and boosted, okay? And and, and that that actually might be proportional to your population, but if I had told you a year ago right, right. that the vast majority of That doesn't of matter because that's not how yeah, a vaccination exactly.
0: program is supposed to work in a vacuum, irregardless, which isn't a word, but you so. know the point I'm making, right?
2: Yeah, so that, that's where I'm at. I just uh, I think it's time that we have to really face this thing. We have at least the House on our side- I have it on good authority that they're going to start some hearings. Uh, and I want to see that start with uh, the discussions around kids, the loss of education, the loss of jobs, the mask the, the mask mandates, the vaccine mandates and, and how that caused job losses. But then, yeah, we're going to have to get into the vaccines themselves and that will eventually come out.
0: Final question. I got about two minutes for you to answer as you have looked at the pushback. And I, I, I'm sure you have gotten considerable pushback, but I oh, bet yeah. you it's not as considerable as you would have gotten a year or two ago at the exact same time. Um, this isn't as as holy of a ground to confront as it would have been in a previous iteration, but this is still going to rub a lot of people the wrong way, as you know. As you look at that feedback, what is or has been the counter argument that you have heard and you've listened to and you've said, you know, okay, maybe that gives me something to think about, or has there been one?
2: Uh, there have been a couple. I think you brought up a couple of them as well for the vast majority of people, I think they don't want the fight, right? They don't want sort of the internecine fight between uh, DeSantis and Trump. A lot of people uh, still have a lot of praise and love for Trump. Well, look, he, he was the right bull in the China shop at the right time. Uh, but I think we need someone up there now to fix this thing. And it's certainly not going to be Trump uh, to fix the stuff that he broke. Uh, and I think that's, that's why we kind of need to move on there. But you're right. Uh, I did get a lot of pushback. In fact, Steve, uh, you know, I've been on 50 plus shows uh, over the last a month talking about my book. Uh, I came out with the Wall Street Journal article. It was angled towards this thing. Put this out. You're the only show that bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are very, very, very cautious to, to enter these waters. I'm hoping to break that dam because um, we need some recompense. I mean, our, our kids are going to be suffering. This generation of kids. It's it's going to be amazing if we recover here in the next few years, uh, the financial implications of this thing, which stem directly from you know the, the, the institutions that Trump put in place. We can't ignore that anymore. We have to find fresh faces that are willing to come in and make sure that you can see your loved one, for heaven's sake, if they're dying in the hospital.
0: Very provocative piece, but we like that. Uh, whether we agree with all opinions along those lines or not, we like things that uh, spur critical thinking and make people uncomfortable because we are way too uncomfortable still. So, Justin Hart, thank you for your work as always, brother. Thanks for joining us here today. We appreciate it. Thanks, man.
2: Thanks, Steve. Thanks, crew. Talk to you soon. You
0: bet. Happy Thanksgiving. You bet. All right. Thoughts on that conversation?
4: I didn't think the number would be high, but we're the only
0: I didn't know that. Show. Yeah.
4: That says so much about our political I mean, the landscape. Wall Street Journal
0: is probably the last major somewhat mutually trusted newspaper left in America. Fair? Probably the last one. That has some some intellectual respect heft sure. with elements on both sides yes. of the political yes. machine. Okay? Yes. It's probably the last one left of any, you know, repute at all. And to get nothing? I think that what what that shows you is he didn't get the normal cast of anti-Trump media because they don't want to prosecute all these choices because they were in on them all too and arguably worse. Right. Okay. Um, And then there is the, you know, we're just, we're just here to, you know, like I said on election night on the blaze, I know this ain't good for clicks. I know this isn't what everybody, this isn't going to help any of our clicks or our audience numbers, but it is the truth. So I'm going to say it. And that's kind of what I heard him saying here. Even if I think in my own opinion, I think it was a little too far to completely disqualify him, given what the other options are. But I also can't fault someone for saying I'm going to disqualify the guy for made all these crappy decisions and has shown no remorse about mm. making a single one of them.
4: Everybody who hasn't totally disqualified him and putting myself in that camp, too, even as the anti-vaxxer. But we got to think about what what happens if he's the nominee and he goes full on all the time, Johnson and Johnson, he's my buddy guy. Oh, they just gas. they just, uh, CBS News happens. Guys, Hunter's Biden's laptop
0: is real, that's what happens. Guys, this is a terrible, poisonous jab. We just got word, we just got word, it's a danger to our democracy. If you can believe it, this is a poisonous, dangerous jab. We waited and waited for the data to come in. We've seen the data over the last two years and Donald Trump has killed all of these people. Isn't that what they do, Aaron? Yeah. What we just saw with Hunter yeah. Biden's laptop. That's what they do, right?
3: And I don't i don't understand the the, the fear. Well, I mean, I do. It's not good for clicks. This fight's going to happen one way or another. Yes. Trump is already picking it to yes. some degree. They're either going to force I, it on us or we're going to force it on him. One of the two. Correct. And so yeah. I'm not sure why there is so much reticence to just let's get into it, get our hands dirty and come out on the other side. On this thing because the best thing that could happen for Trump is if he faces a challenger from the right on basically every issue if that happens and he still wins the nomination I'm, I'm fine with it I'm fine with it
0: we'll come back my daughter will join us and some fake news or not speaking of the jab next All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand right here on Blaze TV Radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Totters, and and all of you will be joined by my oldest daughter here in a moment. Fake news or not, coming your way here uh, shortly as well. Some new data on deaths in the jab from our colleague, the prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. We're going to be going through that and discussing it here on the show in detail. And then at the bottom of the hour, I'm not rooting for anybody in the World Cup because I'm an American. Damn it. All right. An actual one. But if I were, I will explain on Pop Culture Tuesday why I'd actually be rooting for Iran and not Rainbow Stan, otherwise known as the country formerly known as these United States of America. I'll get to that here at the bottom of the hour. Don't forget, if you are a podcast listener, thank you so much. Because you're one of the big reasons why I just signed a contract extension. Couldn't have done it without you. So please, um, if you have yet to do this, leave us a five-star review. Hit subscribe or follow on the podcast platform that you prefer. And thank you to all of you that have done those things because you definitely contributed to the fact. I will continue to be able to pay my mortgage as well as Todd and Aaron's. So thank you. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Real Estate Agents I trust in these unprecedented times. Make sure you dare not... Venture forth in to the maelstrom known as the Let's Go Brandon real estate market where one day you're paying record mortgage rates and then the next day they're at 20-year low, lows and who knows where we're going and where things are headed. These are absolutely not even a joke, really are unprecedented times. That's why you want to make sure you've got a trustworthy agent with a full-time verified vetted track record of success that you can trust to guide you successfully to the very end of the process. And a lot of times, the agents that we'll hook you up with to that end are from right here in the audience. So you guys share the same value system. You know they'll have your back. The process is simple. Just go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. If you're getting into the market, provide us with some basic info, then our team will reach out to you to make an introduction to one of our preferred agents when you head to realestateagentsitrust.com. We welcome in my oldest daughter, the, uh, the now named Anastasia Hibbs. Good to see you, Princess. How are you?
1: Good. How are you doing? And also, just quick note, uh, people, make sure you follow Steve Day's show on Instagram and TikTok as well, because that's how I pay my bills.
0: Ah, nice. So I, keep that going. You know what? I mentioned it in the first hour when you okay. weren't here, but yes, I know if I don't mention it every day, I do hear from you. So yes. Yes. At Steve Dace Show on Instagram and TikTok, those are the social media accounts that uh, that Anna runs for us and you're right, that is how she uh, partially pays her bills as well. And that's really all we're trying to do is pay Dace and Erzin and McIntyre family <laughs> bills and if we accomplish anything of significance for the people actually tuning in, that's frankly just by accident at this point. Yes. All right, so what are we doing this week?
1: Um, So today I'm going to be asking all of you guys just Thanksgiving questions that were sent in by listeners. Um, And also before we start, I just want to say that Thanksgiving is a day and Christmas is a season before we begin.
4: When does does Christmas start?
0: This kid was raised right, right here. When does Christmas start?
1: I would say Christmas season starts yes November 1st for The day after Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that. I think that's fair. Thanksgiving is a day. Mm-hmm. I just, I, and when people make me feel bad for it, I like to tell them, sorry, I like to celebrate our Lord Jesus Savior's birth. And you longer. Jesus
0: juke him off the top rope. That's the fruit of my loins right there, <laughs> America. I'm very proud. Yes. All right. What are we playing again this week?
1: Um, I'm just going to be asking you guys questions, Thanksgiving related from um, your guys' listeners. All right. Is this couple. a contest? No, just okay. for, just for yeah, just fun. They just think
0: they want to generally know what we think?
1: <laughs> yeah, just a, it's just fun things. Sometimes well, it we're gets too serious There has to here. be
0: something competitive. I mean, um, there has to be. We don't want to just talk. I mean, there has to be something at stake, right? We're men. I mean, plus, I'm right.
4: undefeated at this. Well, so.
0: and, I, and I need W's. <laughs> there's, there's that too, yes. There's got to be something at stake. Are there, are there wrong answers? There have to be wrong answers.
1: I'll just let you guys know if I don't like your answer.
0: All right, you, all right, you'll condemn us. Right, we appreciate yeah, it. if I don't like we it, I'll that. be like fair, Ugh. fair. There, 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 at least has to be some condemnation. Condemned by at, women. We yeah. love it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there has to be some condemnation. At well, stake. well, some of these yes. questions
1: are specifically for one of you too. Okay. So. All
0: right, then we can condemn the other person for their answer.
1: Yeah, because this first question is actually for Todd. All right, joy okay. to the world. All right. So Sam Morby asks, what kind of wine is best paired with white turkey meat?
4: Let's see. Uh, when it comes to, is, do you think she's asking because she wants my advice or is this like, because there's, there are right answers to or what are you goes, being tested. Yeah. Or am I being tested? Yes.
1: I seemed pretty serious to me there. No. It was just Listen, point blank. I, what wine?
4: I have to pull a, a dace here when it comes to drinking wine. I'm the ugly American. I like, I drink whatever you can afford. I drink Cabernet because I like it and I would eat it with the proper meat which would be red meat, and the not proper meat, just because. So with turkey, that's what I would be drinking.
1: But you you, you do you. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: I thought when you said Ugly American, I thought we were going Boone's Farm. I thought we were going (laughs) really ugly. Yes.
1: (laughs) Okay. Mrs. Chelsea Nelson asks, what is your funniest Thanksgiving story? And this is for all of you
0: um did we have a lot of funny thanksgiving stories when you were growing up no no it was pretty low-key right yeah i think maybe the funniest thanksgiving story and maybe i just thought about it because um my cousin uh angie who i was very close to growing up we were basically like brother and sister and she's here visiting uh for thanksgiving you're gonna see her tonight by the way she's coming by the house to watch the movie and uh We grew up in a family of chain smokers. And we got together one year, everybody in the family got together one year for Thanksgiving and her and I are in the back room hanging out, watching a movie or something. And there are literally so many smokers in the house that cigarette smoke is coming in through the vents. Kid you not. We saw cigarette smoke coming through the vents. There were so many smokers in the house.
1: Were you children? Like young?
0: Yeah, we were, you know, probably 15, 16 years old.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. And that's funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is.
1: It is your. It is if you grew up white trash. Yeah.
0: yeah
4: it's funny. Yeah. Looking right. back on it, yeah, we kids our age, we grew up in a cloud of smoke.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I would say my. Look at the look on her face. Like, well, you were kind of intimating. So you mean my my aunts and uncles and my grandparents put your health at risk like that? Is that? Is that yeah, what you that were thinking? Yeah, that
1: on like a CPS call. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. Exactly. But no, that was that was just Thanksgiving Day back in the day. Yeah.
4: Me and my buddies... And look how we turned out! Oh, we're all right. Yeah. Me and my buddies uh, all played the annual turkey bowl. Uh, just everybody uh, during high school and college got together on the Friday after Thanksgiving and played uh, tackle football. And uh, uh, I got jacked really good in my ribs uh, and was, you know, borderline out of commission for the rest of the weekend, so... For a guy, that's actually a funny story. That's a great story, yes. yeah. yeah. I think okay. it was probably... You, you earned
0: that injury. I like yes, it. I did. Well done, yeah.
3: The 2008 Detroit Lions <sighs> oh, uh, against the Tennessee Titans. That was a pretty funny game.
1: You know, it's funny that you bring that up. Because they,
3: they went winless that year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're,
1: It's uh, actually funny that you bring that up, Aaron, because this next question is from um, President Gaston Mooney.
0: What is it and what, he what, writes, what so does he have like a uh, you on a on, on a bat phone now? Is that he how it just
1: works? he answers everything okay. I put.
0: All right, okay, all right, go ahead.
1: He said outside of watching the Lions lose, what is your favorite Thanksgiving tradition?
0: Um Well, when I was a kid, it was the Macy's parade because we were a big it was it was weird, even in amidst our dysfunction, it was like the minute it became Christmas time that just got turned off. And that's one of the other reasons why I'm such a Christmas slappy. Okay. All the year-round dysfunction in our home was like just gone the minute it became Christmas time. But Christmas wasn't officially observed until Santa wrote in at the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade, right? So when I was a kid, I really looked forward to the Macy's parade. Well, not the first hour when all like the stupid Broadway musicals perform, like the actual parade with the floats and stuff. Because when Santa showed up, I mean, I would, as a kid, I would literally be like, Santa, you know, because that minute was Christmas time and uh, the day's household turned the dysfunction off for the next month and a half. Okay. So I would, so I mean, I'll go with that or your grandmother's sweet potato topping, which is essentially pecan pie filling. On top of sweet potatoes. I think I'll go with that. Yes. And the and the annual fight that you wage to make sure you get your share of that.
4: Yeah.
3: Well,
4: it's the same answer as the last one. It is the turkey bowl, which we had. For, I mean, we did that for eight years, probably. But in the food realm, it's gravy. It, gravy is one of the greatest inventions ever as a food group. It's a beautiful beautiful thing pour it on everything
3: it's always for me the uh about the half hour to 45 minutes somewhere in there after after the thanksgiving meal that you just kind of go waddle into the living room plop down (laughs) and then wait for yourself to slip into a coma that's always my favorite tradition
1: Ann elmer asks, what your guys's favorite pie is
0: when it is done right For me, it's actually pecan pie. It's just rarely done really right. Okay. Um and 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 so therefore I would go with pumpkin because I love pumpkin and it's really hard to screw that up. That's a better answer. So so I'll go with pumpkin, but when it is done right, really well, pecan would be my answer. Yeah.
4: Wow. See, I'm a pie guy, I'm not a cake guy, so this is this is tough. This is challenging. Bo, I think I'll go with a good strawberry rhubarb, though. That's... I like that kind I grew of... grew up on that. Unique choice. I like that. Yeah, I grew mm. up on it. We grew yeah. rhubarb in the garden, and uh, yeah.
3: Wow. That, I was going to say pecan was first, but since Steve took that, I was going to say strawberry, so I guess I'm down to my third option now, which would be uh, probably coconut, coconut cream pie. Okay.
1: Okay, and then which... Uh, Lorna Morris asks, which Thanksgiving food makes you gag?
0: Uh, that green bean casserole is just nasty. It's a nasty, vile concoction.
4: That's the answer. What? How was he broken on this food group? It's just. See, it's I'm just the same basic. way, though.
1: I'm the same way. But well, I'm no. not a big vegetable person.
4: But that's different if you like I mean
1: it's But green. it is it, it is gross. It smells bad. Thank you. I remember it's like terrible. trying to stick my finger in and be like this smells I was like it's, it's It's bad. It's terrible. Yeah, it's. It's pretty bad.
0: It's pretty terrible. And every house will have it and yes, it's vile.
4: Because it's outstanding. Yeah.
1: It's, it's not good.
4: It's
0: not good.
1: It'd be good if it didn't have the green beans in it in my personal opinion. If it was just those like crispy onion it's, things. Just
0: do the crispy onion things. Yeah. yeah. Just hand it's just like onion. A, rings, just give me a bowl like of the mini? crispy onion things. Yeah. yeah. Completely. Yeah.
1: Guys.
4: Which yours? <laughs> uh what I don't even remember the question anymore. What is what do you think? Thanksgiving from oh, Yeah. Oh, um I don't I don't have one. There's not a there's not a traditional Not even beets food. No, I would eat beets. That's good. F-
0: one of the most Todd Erzin things ever said
3: on this show. Yes.
4: Nothing wrong with a beet. Aaron.
3: Yeah, I don't have one either. And beets aren't a Thanksgiving food. Huh? If they were, I would say that. Okay. Oh, that's
1: kind of sassy. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> and then uh, next question is, will you let me have first dibs on the sweet potato topping from me?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, because okay. if I don't, I mean, it will be, it'll be a fight. I mean, it's, it's essentially you have figured out what I figured out at, a, at, at at a young age, which is if I'm really belligerent, people will just give you your way. Because they don't want to have to tolerate it. And so if we don't let you get first dibs on that sweet potato pecan pie filling, that really is the, that's really what it is and not a sweet potato topping that your grandmother makes. If we, if we don't give you first dibs on that, I mean, there's going to be a fight. Someone's getting knifed. So yeah, we'll, we'll let you have it. And then th- the rest of us will take what is left over. So yes.
1: Thank you. I'll leave my knife at home Thank today. you. All
0: right. Thank you.
1: And then the last question also for me is what are each of you most thankful for?
0: I'll let you go first.
4: Well, that my Thanksgiving happened uh, uh, this morning. Uh, got up early. Uh, Tessa, daughter number two, had her uh, surgery uh, to relieve her compartment syndrome on both legs. It was a success. So she'll be back in a couple months ready to do soccer and track. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's minor surgery and so many people have so many tougher things. But, you know, when your daughter's going in and you give her a kiss on your head and you say... God take the wheel, and um, he did. So I'm grateful. Mm. Aaron,
3: my family for sure. I mean, holidays are just different. Like last last year, I had three or four straight weeks just with Ben and I and and Bella. And it's just, you know, it's it's fun when you have uh, when when you're married. But then when you have a little kid there, I mean, it's that that last christmas was the most fun i have just had since you know i was still at home uh with uh with mom and dad and and the siblings would come home for christmas so definitely family i know that that's that's uh mm. you know that's cliche but that's it's the truth
0: it's the best it's one of the best cliches i would say for me this year it's watching to some extent all three of you kind of come into your own um Watching your young, your sister, your younger sister, Zoe, watching her work ethic develop, watching how much she really invests in those kids that she takes care of at the daycare center and kind of finding, um, you know, her place where that is concerned. Um, watching Noah and his, his writing ability, um, which is very impressive and way beyond where I was at the exact same age, Mm -hmm. way beyond and, you know, seeing him actually, you know, for fun, complete an over hundred page screenplay. And I got a chance to read it on Sunday and it's really good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then of course, watching you kind of come into your own for your convictions and uh, you're married and stuff now. And that's, you know, there are, when you're a parent, there are two things you want for your children more than anything else. One is for them to know their creator. And the other is for them to know what their place in the world is. Because a lot of times you'll make the worst decisions when you're not sure. I know you have friends right now that are kind of struggling with that, right? Mm -hmm. When you're not sure what your place and purpose and stuff in the world is. And so um, that I think would be the thing I'm the most thankful for is that I think, you know, this year I got a chance to kind of see all three of you as you enter now into full-fledged adulthood and your siblings are on the brink of it. See all three of you kind of find a purpose and a passion. I think I'm the most thankful for that.
1: See, I love it. those love were really answer. great answers. And I was going to make a joke like I'm most thankful for the book. Why Thanksgiving by Steve Dace. <laughs> but now I feel like bad. So I'm just going to skip it.
4: <laughs> Do we
0: Jesus juke you? <laughs> is <laughs> I'm
4: Let's grateful that. for that book too. <laughs> Coattails, dear. Yes. Coattails.
0: All right. Good stuff, princess. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Segway into fake news or not. This is not going to be something you're going to be thankful for. All right. Our colleague Daniel Horowitz just uh, two days ago or no uh, on Friday came out with a piece headlined CDC data shows VAERS is the tip of vaccine injury iceberg. All right. So that's the vaccine adverse event reporting system is what VAERS stands for in exchange for giving big pharma absolution from liability lawsuits. This database was set up by the CDC for people to self report problems and incidents as a way of of, 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 ostensibly as a way of making them directly accountable to customers. Even if you couldn't sue them, you could directly report problems or incidents of an adverse relationship that you've had with their products to at least try to get safety and warnings from the regulatory agencies to act on behalf of those if they reached a critical mass. Right? Um, from the beginning, VARES has been plagued with underreporting. It is a clunky system and is not easy to access, even in the digital age. It was established in the 90s.
4: I'm sure that's just an accident.
0: I'm sure that it is. I mean, there was a Harvard study that was done about 10 plus years ago that found that um, when they analyze the data, maybe by a factor of 100, actual adverse events from vaccines are underreported from what's in the database. Okay? So, we're going to read this and go through it and then discuss it. All right? Daniel writes the most serious and imminent issue plaguing this country was not even mentioned in the exit polling of the election. It's the issue of died suddenly. Every day we discover more damning research on the extent of death and injury from the shots that to this day are promoted by the government like nothing ever before. Now, what do Republicans, with their control of the House and half of state governments, plan to do? What is their plan to stop these shots, compensate the victims, and ensure this technology is halted from further development? In fact, not only do Republicans fail to even discuss this issue most red state health departments are still promoting the shots even australia is pulling the shots for those younger than 30 remember that was one of the worst lockdown countries if not the worst in the world florida still remains the only state in the united states that has done this the only state out of 50 we have known from day one of the vaccine campaign that vares was showing unprecedented depth breadth and scope of vaccine injury here are the current top lines, which include non-Americans. So illegals I mean people that aren't actual citizens can go into Vares as well. Current top line results with the latest VARES update through November the 4th. 31,961 deaths reported, 182,907 hospitalizations, 138,521 trips to urgent care. 211,880 doctor office visits, 10,150 anaphylaxis allergic reactions, and 16,311 cases of Bell's palsy, 5,140 miscarriages, 17,152 heart attacks, 53,386 cases of myocarditis or pericarditis, 59,831 people permanently disabled. 9,265 people suffering from low platelets, 34,823 cases of a life-threatening adverse event, 45,382 severe allergic reactions other than anaphylaxis, and 15,036 cases of shingles. Those are the current reported numbers within VAERS as of November the 4th. Daniel goes on to write from day one, the shot crushed the upper bounds of the typical warning levels of pharma, a systems that would typically trigger an automatic termination of the product's authorization. Instead, it continued to be funded, promoted or mandated in some cases. We also know that these appalling levels of injury were likely underreported, but couldn't place our finger on the exact level. I'll t- as an aside, the reason why I would not go with the Harvard study from another era of that it's unrepo- underreported by a factor of 100 is because there's more awareness and distribution of this vaccine and its problems than any other. So I think it's unfair to go that far. It's clearly underreported to some degree, if you understand the way VARES operates. But to, to use a standard pre-COVID vaccination where we have more of these jabs and therefore more problems with these jabs than ever before... I, I just think would not be You're right. Statistic analysis statistical analysis with integrity. We would be doing what they're doing. We're gaming the system the other way. All right. But Daniel thinks he has an answer. Thanks to the court released V Safe data from the CDC, we can prove that VARES is likely underreported not by a factor of hundred, but by a factor of twenty six. Thanks to the assiduous work of attorney Aaron Seary on behalf of the Informed Consent Action Network, we now know that the CDC was tracking vaccine injury all along through its V-safe program in which over 10 million Americans agreed to track their adverse events and report them back to the CDC via a phone app. Among those 10 million people, there were over 70 million adverse events Nearly 8% of the 10 million had to seek medical attention, often several times, to deal with injury or ailment. Roughly a quarter of all the individuals, keep in mind, the odds that you would be hospitalized with a serious case of COVID were under 2%. That was before we stratified for age and comorbidity. So for somebody who's healthy in 28, it was a lot lower than that. Here we're talking about an 8% Serious adverse reaction from the jab before we stratify for age and comorbidity, which means four times the danger of COVID itself. According to the CDC's own data, that's what it means. Four times more likely or 400% more likely to have an adverse effect to the jab that's serious than a serious infection of COVID. Roughly a quarter of all the individuals had to miss work the next day. 4.2 million of the 70 million ailments were classified as being serious. This is hard data that was in hands of the CDC for over a year and a half. And it was not disclosed to the public. So no, not at all. Do I have any remorse at all? When I say all I want for Christmas are tribunals. And to get the, and to get to kick the chair out from underneath these people,
4: Fauci is telling you today, as we do this show, to go out and get jabbed again.
0: Correct. Right now. And what he is saying is likely his last address from the White House. Yes, those were his last words. Take the poison again. Those were literally his last words. Now, the folks at OpenVera have discovered a way to query how many of those with V-safe entries filled out a VARES report. This is where we get to the 26. Number okay. Here's what they found. The field in VARES, which allows us to see which reports have come from VSafe uh, is called SPLTTYPE. This is not a field you can search for in Wonder. However, you can search it on the Open VAERS website. And we now have a new page that breaks down the VSafe symptoms and events. Since 782,913 v Safe participants required medical care, then 782,913 V Safe recipients or should or Safe participants should have received a phone call telling them to fill out a VARES report. And there should be 792,913 reports and VARES marked v safe, right? Okay. Do you think there are that many?
4: <laughs>
0: no. Instead, what happened is there's only 30,492 V-safe reports in VAERS. Only 30,492 are reported in VAERS out of the 782,913 that were reported directly to the CDC versus V-safe. In other words... According to the CDC's data, VARES incidents are underreported by a factor of 26. Somebody have a calculator? Multiply 182,907 by 26. That's how many hospitalizations are currently in VARES.
3: As a 4. result, 4.7 million.
0: 4.7 million hospitalizations for an adverse effect to the jab. Let's say we can't do a direct corollary there. Let's say we're off by half. Multiply it now by 13. Let's multiply 182,907 by 13. You're going to be over 2 million, correct? You're going to be you're going to be well over 2 million. So let's say we're even off by that. No. No, by offering a fair trial before we execute them, I'm being merciful. These numbers are incredible. So Daniel went to a statistician named Dr. Jessica Rose, someone we interviewed for the Fourth Reich. And she did what we just did. She took the factor of 26, and then she actually gave it a best case scenario so that you probably can't make a direct correlation. Fair. Here's the conservative estimate that she came up with for the true extent of death and injury. Conservative. Ready? 392,496 deaths. 1.852 1.852 million hospitalizations, 2.751 million urgent care visits, 4.55 million doctor's visits, 154,336 cases of Bell's Palsy. We only have one city in Iowa with more people than that, the one we live in. 47,164 miscarriages. 161,226 Heart attacks. Three hundred and forty nine thousand six hundred and seventy four life threatening injuries. You're talking about a genocide. This is the stuff of Soylent Green. It's Malthusian ethics. It's depopulation. We'll discuss it some more here in a moment. So we have a new partner on the show And we're always, especially as you get older, like my wife and I were sitting around the other day like, what are we going to get each other for Christmas? You kind of feel like you've been there, done that, (laughs) you know? And so you're always looking for something unique. And I thought, I don't know, maybe this is it, okay? Um, Our our new friends at Established Titles, uh, they are running a Black Friday sale right now. To get ten percent off, if you have ever considered wanting to be a Scottish lord or lady, sons of Scotland. That's right. You can you can actually do it. Now they came up with this novel way uh, as a as as a way a novel way of raising money to preserve the natural woodlands of uh, of of Scotland. All right, and so what you do uh, is the title pack gives you at least one square foot of dedicated land with a unique plot number on a private estate in Scotland and an official certificate with a crest. All right. And you can, you can therefore officially include the title of Lord or lady on, (laughs) I think I might actually do this. (laughs) I'm Lord Steve. Enter that in my Expedia for my next flight. You can do that. You can put it on your plane ticket, dating profile. I don't know if you want to do that because they might, what a douche. All right. You might not want to do that. Okay. On the other hand, ladies, maybe you're like, oh, maybe he's got, he's got, you know, got a title there. Okay. But you can make this like your official honorific. All right. Lord or lady. Um, there's a show. I wish I knew what it was called, based on a series of books that my wife loves about time travel and colonial Scotland, back and forth between. Yeah. You know what I'm what I'm talking about. I do. She loves this show and, and the series of books. I don't can't remember what it's called. Outlander. I. Think. That's right. There it is. That's what it's called. All right. So if you've got someone who is an Outlander fan uh, on the fairer side of things, or if you're you know uh, uh, scruffy uh, you know uh scrooge like we are, and you're still you know wishing it was the era of Braveheart. This would, I just think this is, I thought this was kind of a cool, unique thing as a gift, all right? And maybe I'm hinting at something here if anybody who knows me and cares about me is listening, all right? Um, but if you want to use established titles, get 10% off right now for Black Friday. When you use the code DACE, get an additional 10% off and you go to establishedtitles.com slash DACE, D-E-A-C-E, establishedtitles.com slash DACE. If you guys don't mind, we are going to punt on Pop Culture Tuesday, because I didn't really want to talk about soccer anyway. I, I do just want to say, though, and if you made me choose a, a country to root for, I'd choose Iran over our own, because we're not in it. Some country called Rainbow Stand. Do you have that up, Aaron? Can we grab that really quick and show the audience? Do you mind? Um, because this is, this, is, this is not our country that is in this event. The country on the right, that, that's what's in this event. I don't, I don't live in that country. I don't, I'm not a citizen of it. Um, I don't acknowledge it. I'm at war with it, actually. I've declared war on that country. So, no, I'm not rooting for that country because it declared war on me first. So, I'm not rooting for that country, Todd, on the right at all. I'm not.
4: I don't blame blame you. I've got no problem with that. Uh, Breaking, uh, though, apparently this was like a Trump tweet that never came to fruition because... In the game that they played yesterday, did they, they punk out? They did not wear that crest. So they
0: virtue signaled, then they punked out when it yes. came down to it. Okay. This is what I—I
4: I, I didn't watch the game uh, yesterday, but this is what I'm told that they did not wear that. Crest. So they're cowards
0: on top of being uh, being traitors, is essentially. They're cowardly yeah, traitors. It's worse. Yeah, it's even worse. <laughs> I would have respected them if they had gone through with it. Actually, um, now I now I not only oppose them, but I don't have any respect for them at the same time. Instead, of, instead, if you made me root, I'd root for Iran. Did you see what its team did? Refused uh, to sing the uh, anthem uh, yeah. in defiance of the Ayatollahs yes. uh, and uh, the human rights abuses in that country. So, uh, Things Steve Dace thought he'd never say on his show for $1,000. I'm rooting for Iran. I'm not rooting for my own country. But here we are. Especially when my own country, through Operation Warp Speed... And essentially the entire federal bureaucracy and most of corporate America is responsible as well for the following. Not just everything I discussed in this last segment from Daniel's data. But I'll close with this and then we'll bring you guys into the conversation. Daniel notes that it took 646 million doses here in the United States to potentially result in 392,000 actual COVID, not a vaccine, jab deaths. When you do all the math that we were just doing last segment between VSAFE, the CDC's uh, own on hands, or hands on, I should say, monitoring system, and then the VARES self reporting system, when you do all that math, you come up with 392,000 plus deaths out of 646 million doses. Worldwide, worldwide, we've given out 12.94 billion with a B billion doses of this poison 12.94 which if you do the same math worldwide hold on to your butts here comes out to 7.85 million deaths from the shot worldwide that's the holocaust 7.85 million Million. That's what we exported to the country and then to the world via Operation Warp Speed. That's not even counting things like AstraZeneca, by the way, because that wouldn't be in our VAR system because you don't have that here. 7.85 million. 183 million cases of an adverse event worldwide that would require clinical level of treatment. I want to do something here. Countries by population. How many countries have a population of 183 million people in the world? Only seven of them do. That's more people than live in Russia, Mexico, Japan, Egypt. Uh, Out of the current 235 nations, independent sovereign nations in the world, only seven of them have a population that exceeds what this data says is the total cumulative global cases of clinical level of adverse event from this poisonous jab. China, India, the United States, Indonesia, Pakistan, Brazil, and Nigeria. That's where the list ends. England, France, Germany, those countries aren't on the list. So no. Save your bleeding hearts for the 10 millionth time by offering you a fair trial before we kick the chair out from underneath you, I am being merciful. Gentlemen, your thoughts.
4: I listen. I say this with full knowledge that, as I mentioned earlier, m- my own daughter benefited from the blessings of Western medicine, Uh, the surgery she had this morning, that will allow her to, you know, compete as an athlete uh, in college to the fullest extent possible. But, for for these numbers to be what they are, and that same Western medicine in in general nowhere to be found because again it's so flew past the numbers that would normally put the brakes on a vaccine it's so flew past them and your average nurse your average doctor where are they on this we know where they were Panicking uh, over COVID where the numbers were based on theoretical not models that only came to be true because they wouldn't let you have the hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin that they now say was merely a suggestion. The only reason the numbers ballooned to what they were... We they only suggested they yes. kill
0: you. We didn't, like, give yes. the actual order. We only suggested they can strongly consider it. Yes.
4: And the attention seeking of the nurses back then to the plight with with videos of dance sambas and things like that, you know, yet here, where is it? Where is the song and dance routine to bring attention to this real numbers? Real people real deaths. Again, a reminder, if you are 60 to 65 and under We knew that very early on when Steve and I wrote a book. We knew that, as I tell you on Twitter, uh, pretty much in uh, May of 2020. We certainly know it now. If you were 60 to 65 and under, you were in bad flu territory. And that's at the top end. If you were healthy and 50 and below, certainly if you were a 30-year-old and below, and the the males that are now keeling over from myocarditis... You, you, this was, you'd rather get the, uh, you'd rather get COVID than the flu, statistically. You rather would. I, this is, see, this is beyond COVID. This is why back when we started, uh, doing, uh, the the tranny stuff, I told you if we'll believe in this, we'll believe in anything. At, at the most intellectualized segments of our society, the most educated, we, we simply are incapable and or unwilling of pointing out the most obvious truths we are more narrative driven than ever before in the halls of power and authority how else do you explain on this very day that steve is talking i mean my goodness the lord above in how he just presented, as I said just a couple days ago, the timing of Steve's book co- uh, coming out with what just happened with the gaslighting that's going on with ivermectin. On the very day, Steven, he didn't know that Fauci and what's her face, uh, our uh, uh, Corey, uh, our, uh, our press secretary. We're gonna actually so, no, the, uh, oh, the, the Jean-Pierre. one, yeah, but Jean Pierre. We're actually gonna come out and say again: you're most at danger. The, the unvaccinated at Thanksgiving are the most in danger. Please go get your booster before you celebrate the holiday. They're doing this again today, right now. it, it, it It's a phenomenal resetting of what we tell. It's a, it's it's a cult. They are impervious to actual Correct. science and data. Correct. It is a cult. Correct. Hundred percent.
0: The deadliest one on earth, maybe the deadliest one in human history, actually.
4: When she and also I forgot when she present was uh, some reporter said, yeah, what? Well, how about about uh, this came, where this uh, virus came from? With Fauci up there. Yeah, she had she, a meltdown. She had a meltdown. Yeah. She came in and rescued him from the situation. What? If this is Mr. Science, why can he still not answer that question now? Why why does he have to be saved by the likes of her? An obvious fraud. There are no good answers to that.
3: Remember the day or maybe two days after the midterm elections, and I lamented how chaotic all of the results around the country were. It was incongruent in the sense that it seemed like in some places... People were behind the the cause of sanity. In other uh, other places, they were completely on the cause and behind the cause of chaos. And I remarked that, what does that sound like? Just chaos. Chaos everywhere. Can't make heads or tails of that. It sounds like hell. Sounds demonic to me. The conversation we had last hour with Justin Hart, talking about the passing of the buck. And how if you wanted to ask your local school board, while well, we're just ca- following state guidance. You asked your state health department, While well, we're just following CDC guidance. You, f- you asked the CDC, where are you basing these recommendations on? Uh, and it was, uh, 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 well, the states can do whatever they want. We're not right. telling them to do anything. The buck never stopped anywhere. What does that sound like to you? That sounds like chaos. So whether or not you're willing to go as far as to say... You're, maybe you're not willing to go as to far as to say that this was a blatant depopulation scheme on the part of humans. I don't think you can debate that spiritually this was, this was demonic from the beginning because of all of the chaos. This, was, this had hell's fingerprints all over it. I don't think that's up for debate. Maybe you don't think... Maybe you don't think that somebody like Bill Gates, who has said, if we do a good job with vaccines, we'll, we'll solve the overpopulation prob- uh, problem. Maybe you don't believe, maybe you're not willing to go that far yet. This was a depopulation scheme, Whether from hell, itself, through the chaos of passing the buck, and the game of telephone that we have that we've witnessed. That's the best case scenario, maybe. If you can call it a game of telephone, you have to admit, based on these numbers that we just said that that, that we just laid out here, you don't trip and fall into those kinds of numbers. Whoops, one hundred eighty what? How? However, million people when you extrapolate this around the globe. One
0: hundred eighty-seven million clinical treatments needed for adverse event globally, according to these
3: numbers. You don't trip and fall into those numbers whether or not it was a Bill Gates-style plan, and I'm just throwing that out there because he's talked about vaccines and, de- and, uh, and our population crisis before, you, you, did the chances of you just, uh, whoops, we just poisoned 187 million people, those are very, very low, very, very low. And I'll just leave it at that. And here's
0: the thing, at no point do they turn back. They could do it right now. Mm -hmm. They could do it right now. No, no. Instead, the White House is up there lying beyond gaslighting, demonic, sociopathic levels of deception and dishonesty. Everything, Yeah, I couldn't watch the whole thing in real time. Every clip I saw from uh, during the breaks of the White House's briefing today on COVID and the jab, everything they said was a lie. None of it's true. Like, none of it. Like, I'm Luke Skywalker at the end of The Last Jedi talking to... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, talking to my nephew, um, exactly. Everything you just said is exactly wrong. Like, none of it's right. None of it's true. They could turn back. They could stop. And for those of you that think Justin Hart is being too hard on Trump, he could turn back. He could stop. There's nothing stopping any of these people, from Trump to any, the Biden went out, none of them, from admitting any form of error, nothing stopping them right now from any form of humility. We'll wait for it. We're waiting. John 317.
4: This is Steve Dace.
1: On the Blaze Radio Network.